Amen. Let's stand to your feet, if you will. And turn with me to James chapter number three. Um, we're going to be reading this particular passage this morning in the New Living Translation. So some of you may have that translation or have access to it. Uh, others of you, if you don't, uh, you'll be able to um, read it on the screen. So uh, James chapter three, verses one down to verse number six. Are you there? It says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged by God with st greater strictness. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves in every other way. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship also um, that turned, I'm sorry, and a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also, the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great um, forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Once again, Lord, we gather around your word so that we can become more like you, Father, in our ability to communicate and communicate effectively, so then, Lord, we can change our world for your glory. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand as your servant. Father, what um, honor it is and privilege, Lord, for me, uh, Lord God, that you allow me even the opportunity to stand before your people. But Lord, I take this charge with great joy and with great seriousness, and I pray, God, that you would anoint me, Father, to bring forth the word as you want it to come forth. I pray, Father, that your people will be wiser, um, that we will be sharper, uh, that we will be more effective in our ability to communicate one with another, Father, in a way that will bring you great glory. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. amen. Come on, you may be seated in the Lord's presence. I am excited. And so what I'm doing is I am disciplining my spirit so then that I can stay grounded because I want to make sure that uh, you get the information that uh, I believe that will help all of us um, you've heard me say this before, and it's worth saying again. Uh, I am a, a practitioner. Uh, I've always been one that hears the Word of God and look for those truths within the Word of God that I can make application in my life. And so I am utterly convinced that these uh, principles and what I'm going to teach this morning is going to cause all of us to rise to a whole nother level 
and how we communicate. And, uh, and so in recent weeks, and let me just do somewhat of a backdrop so you can understand where I'm going with this this morning. In recent weeks, we have spoken in abbreviated ways about uh, communication. A few weeks ago, we talked about the importance of loving one another. We talked about that in great deal, the, uh, how that as a church we want to reflect the love of God and we want to make sure that we're uh, doing everything we can to keep the unity of the spirit. Uh, we spoke some on resolving conflict and confrontation. We did some abbreviated teaching on that. And we also spoke about the importance of using uplifting and encouraging words uh, when we speak. But today, I want to talk about communication in its rawest form. What I mean by that is, everyone is familiar, for the most part, with the verse that says in Matthew chapter 18, there's an issue, you go to your brother. Well, you know, you can obey the Lord and you can go to your brother and your sister, but how many know that just because you go to your brother and sister doesn't necessarily mean that you're able to get the desired result? And so we want to talk about communication in the sense of how do we communicate in a way, in a way that we get the desired result of what we are trying to accomplish? And so when I go to my brother and sister, I know what to say. I know the Bible says I am to love. Well, how do I use my words? What words do I use? How do I communicate that in a way to let the other person know? And unfortunately, I think that many of us, we still do struggle with that to some extent. When I talk about us, I'm talking about uh, the church in general, I'm talking about society in general. Uh, there's nothing more central to relationships than communication, knowing how to communication, knowing what to say when you communicate with someone. And so this morning, I wanna talk about the art and science, if you will, uh, of, um, of communication. Uh, one of the things I think is important to underscore here is that communication is much, much more than just words. How many of you don't understand that? Communication, if, if, if you're a person that's stuck on words, you can never ever get the full body of what's being communicated just through words only. And so we'll talk about that today uh, to some extent. And so as, as you know and I know that that miscommunication or saying the wrong thing have been the result and has resulted in many uh, failed marriages, uh, broken friendships, church splits, fights, wars, you name it. It's something that all of us, this is a place where everybody lives. Everybody has to communicate. So now we're kingdom people. How do we communicate in a way? What do we say? How do we communicate in a way that we get the, the result that God wants us to have? How do we know that God wants us to thrive in our relationship? And God wants us to be able to coincide together. And so what is the goal of communication? I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. What is the goal of communication? Well, look with me, in, if you will, in Matthew chapter number 13. Now, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 10 first. And uh, just for continuity's sake, in that same chapter, okay, uh, Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to start reading in verse number 10. And the disciples came, to, came and said to him, Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you 
to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. How many, want to, how many of you want to know the mysteries of the kingdom? But to them it has not been given. For whatever has, or whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now I want you to uh, focus, zero in on verse number 13. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear. Are you still with me? Nor do they understand. So watch this. Let's read that verse 12 again. For whoever has, I'm sorry, look at verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now understand that the key with communication, watch this, is understanding. Everybody say that with me. Understanding. If we can learn how to understand one another, we will be much more effective in our ability to communicate. I believe, I'll give an example. You remember how when Jesus, for an example, he, uh, he, he preached a sermon on the mount. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 6, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. It's a powerful sermon. And there were two groups of people that listened to the sermon. You had the folks who were the Pharisees who listened, and then you had the people who were very excited about what Jesus was saying. And interesting, amazing, the people, when they heard Jesus speak, they were like, wow, woo, this is great. I never ever heard a person speak that way. This is powerful. This is absolutely amazing. But then it was the Pharisees. How many know the Pharisees listened to? But they heard something different. What the Pharisees heard was, uh, uh, they heard, well, we, 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 we can't hear him because we want to kill him. Uh, we can't hear him because we want to destroy him. We can't hear him because they already had a predisposition of the fact that they wanted him out. How many know that a lot of times when it comes to communication, many times we struggle because we already have a predisposition. We've already made our mind up. We've already decided that this is what it is. Therefore, when communication starts to happen, we are crossing, we're passing by each other because nobody is seeking to understand. So Jesus was saying that it's very possible that you can hear but not catch it. You can see, but not see it. Why are you hearing and why aren't you seeing is because you have a predisposition. And so then if the goal of communication then is to understand, then how many know that I need to take some time, step back, and really be quiet before I speak? How many know that, that, how, how, how many know that, that life in general and communication will be so much better with all of us if our number one goal was, I need to understand what you're saying. I, I need to really understand what you're saying because, right, because here's, a, here's a fact of the, of, you, you hear sometimes, we're not talking about marriage this morning, but you've you heard sometimes people say things like, uh, you know, when, when people get divorced, we have irreconcilable differences. 
You ever heard of that? That's it. We have irreconcilable differences. And sometimes a lot of that is made up in a lack of understanding. I don't really understand you. You don't really understand me because we're all dug in. And how many know when it comes to communication, if we want to be effective, if we want to be able to communicate in a way that we connect, we got to seek to understand. Come on, somebody. Y'all, are you with me? So watch this now. And so Jesus spoke to the Pharisees in parables. He said, guys, they don't want to hear it. How many know that the goal of communication is I want to hear what you have to say? If you don't want to hear what I have to say, why talk? Because the only thing we're going to do is what? Clash. So the goal then is I want to understand. If I understand what motivates you to do what you do, then maybe it gives me answers so that I know how to speak with you. So we want to be people. So, so understand this. So let's write this point down. The goal of communication is understanding. Everybody say understanding. That's extremely important. Now watch this. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 19. Right there, James chapter 1, verse number 19. I want to expound on this a little bit. This is a verse that uh, you can, most of us probably know in our sleep, but we still struggle with it. <laughs> Am I right about it? It says, James 1, 19. So then, here's James talking. My beloved brethren, let every man, okay? Now, this is not some man, some woman, but every man be swift to what? Hear. Slow to what? Speak. And slow to wrath. Now, I want you to, I want you to grab that now. So, so the calling is that we ought to be more eager to hear, right? So when we're communicating, because if my goal is to understand, that means I got to talk just a little bit less. Are y'all with me? So we need to be swift. Everybody say swift. Swift to hear. Because hearing is much, much more than just the words itself. Hearing involves discernment. That's what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. You're hearing words, but you're not getting me. How many of you have ever said that to somebody? Can that be a little frustrating? Amen. Some of y'all probably said, Pastor, I did that to you. You're not getting it. I know. Pray for me. I'm working on it. <laughs> I tried to explain it. And nothing is more frustrating than when somebody don't get it. And it's, and it's something that, that we really have to be uh, very, very careful with because it hinders our ability to be able to be effective in our communication. Then he goes on to say, be slow to speak, all right? So he said, be quick to hear, quick, fast. My number one call, I, I, I need to hear, and be slow. Everybody say slow. Be slow to speak. You know, James is speaking some wisdom there because he knows that we have a tendency to do just the opposite. And usually what happens is, if we don't know what we're doing, if we're somewhat reckless, we'll have a big crash with our words. So he says, you need, we need to be people that sit back and say, before we open our mouth, sit back and just, just be a little slow. Make sure first that you understand. Everybody say, I need to understand, need to understand. before I speak. Now watch this. He says now, and be slow to wrath. Everybody say, be slow to wrath. 
How many know that when you have a hot head, or when you get mad, or when you, well, I'm not going to use the ghetto version of getting mad, but when you get angry, <laughs> we <you> get upset, <laughs> you know, the tendency is that you use words that are hurtful. How many know when you use, many times people get angry and they lose it and they say stuff they wish they can take back. How many know what I'm talking about? Out of anger, he said, be slow to wrath. Listen, don't wear, don't wear having a hot head as a badge. Some people, man, I, I just get mad quick, man. I, I got a quick temper. Man, that's a bad thing to have. You need to control yourself. I can't tell you, listen to me, I can't tell you how many people that have been in the back of my patrol car and they said to me, I just lost it. I said, well, you're going to lose it right at the Fairfax County Jail because that's where we're going. You have to control yourself. You hear me? You are, listen to me, I'm going to preach this until you get it. You are control, you, you are responsible for your actions. I am responsible for my action. I can't make Diver do what I want her to do, but she can't change me unless I let her. So watch this. He said, be slow to anger. Why? Because ten, when, you, when, we have, when we get angry, we have a tendency to say reckless words. We have accidents with what we say. And then somebody gets hurt. How many know words hurt? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt. And we kids used to say that all the time, you know. And it was a, the biggest lie because the reason I came up with the phrase was because it was hurting. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Words do hurt. And words has power. Now I'm building. Now I want you to stay with me on this. Now, now look at James chapter 3. Let's go back to our foundational text. So James... Uh, it's giving us wisdom. James is all about the tongue, amen? James is giving us wisdom about speaking and communicating. So this is a, this, the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this before I get in these nuggets, the reason why I'm sharing this part is so that we can come from a foundation of, I need to be a better listener. How many of you would agree with that? You, we all need to be better. We can, I mean, I'll be the first one to say, we need to be a, a better listeners because if I can listen nine times out of ten, we're going to end up in a better place. You follow me? If I can hear, not just see your mouth moving. Have you ever just saw somebody's mouth moving, but you ain't listening to nothing they're saying? You know, and when that happens, you ain't going to get no place. You're not being effective in your communication, and you know it. And some of us want to live there. Some of us take pride in, I just want to tell you off. Here's the problem with that. It brings no glory to God. How many of you know telling somebody else bring no glory to God? It make your flesh feel real good. I'll give you that. It make your flesh feel real good. But it brings no glory to God. So I need, we need to be people that come from this place. I'm going to be a person that's going to make a difference in how I talk. So choose your words carefully. Don't give up your words too easily. Learn to value your words. Now here's why. He, I don't want to read the whole verse. This is in James chapter uh, 3, verses 1 through 6. I think we have the NIV version up there. I want to start in verse number 5. So also, the tongue is a small thing. How many know that tongue is small? No, not really. It looks small. But how many, how many know your tongue is about as powerful as a nuclear weapon? Some of us have been fashioned because of our tongue. Some of us are find ourselves in certain places in life that we didn't want to be because of our what? 
our tongue. How you know there's power in that thing? So also the tongue is a small, but, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great force on fire. Does anybody have a match? Lighter? Nobody? I, I meant to bring one. I want you to imagine. You have one? Can I, can I get it? You have it, wrong, you have it on you? Okay, can I, can I get it? Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. She, she, she didn't even know that she would help me with my sermon this morning. Amen. See, the Lord knows. See? Now, how massive, is, this school is pretty massive, right? Massive. And I was looking the other day, and I was at work, and there was, there was, uh, ever, there was talking about this huge fire that was in Texas. And uh, Houston, Texas, and it burned up a whole bunch of uh, apartment buildings. And people's lives got destroyed. Some people died. And, 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 you know, these are big, massive buildings. But you know what destroyed those buildings? That looks pretty small, doesn't it? He said, your tongue, I want you to see that. This is what your tongue. And you know, if I take this light and I put it on paper, I put it on something, it can spread and destroy everything around you. And he says, watch this, it can destroy your entire life. One flame. You need to see this picture in your mouth. This is what you got in your mouth. And it's dangerous. It's because I'm under the fan here. It's dangerous. <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately, our tongue, the fan, a lot of times won't have nothing to do with that. The fan won't put it out. <laughs> You're going to have to put it out yourself. So I understand that my tongue has the capacity to destroy stuff. I mean, no, then, then we need to really be very careful with this because I do not want to be a person that destroy life. I want to make life better. So he says, so James is saying that, number one, a mature person knows how to control their tongue. But, you know, it's not just about this. You know, this is, it's not just about not saying the wrong thing. It's like a lot of times, you know how you get tempted, you want to say something, and you say, oh, I ain't going to say it, and it's good. But how many know that that doesn't necessarily make you mature just because you're able not to say what you're about to say? But also, a mature person also knows what to say. And how it's not just not knowing not saying the wrong thing, but it's also knowing the right thing to say. Come on, somebody, say amen. Speaking a word that is in season is a blessing. I'll, sh I'll, I'll share that with you here in a moment. So, so it's, 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 this tongue is powerful. We understand that it can destroy our whole lives. So now we understand the context of why James saying that now we need to be slow to speak. We need to be very careful. So there is an art and science to communication from a biblical perspective. And I'm going to share seven things with you real quick. And we're going to do this in about 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Are you ready? <laughs> Number one, we're talking about communication. Obviously, before I tell you number one, y'all know Jesus did not have text and email back in his day. But I would imagine, I'm just saying, this is just my humble opinion, so that means you can take it or leave it. 
I, I, I just believe that knowing Jesus, that if he was here, uh, he would have texted very little and email very little. Because Jesus was all about people. He liked being around people. And I still think the best way of communicating is to be around and amongst people. So watch this. Here's number one. Avoid texts and emails over emotionally charged issues if possible. Now, when you talk about emails, see, how many know that there are some people that are See, the problem with emails and texts is sometimes our education levels vary. Some people can write really, really well and skillfully, and they can communicate in a way that you can catch it. But rarely do I find that. But then there are other of us who just kind of struggle, and sometimes we cannot quite get down what we really want to say, or we don't get it out completely. But here's the problem with text and email. Not that I have a problem with text and email, but here's the issue that you got to consider. That now I've heard this this uh, a percentage. I don't know how true it is, but I do know that it's true. Uh, th you've heard it said that ninety. They, they, a lot of studies they say ninety three percent of communication is nonverbal. How many of you ever heard something like that? I don't know if it's ninety three percent. I don't know how they arrive right there, but I would say it's probably at least fifty percent. It's a big part of it. Because we do, I'm going to give you an example, because some of you are not, not, not really sure what I'm talking about. Let's say, for example, uh, you say to somebody, uh, are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, whatever. What did I just say? But you said, yeah, whatever. I know what he just, I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, he was in agreement. Was he really in agreement? What did their body language say? All right? Are you offended? No, I ain't offended. What did I just say? Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, you mind, honey? No, we're not talking about marriage. This is a whole other series. I'm, I'm coming to that later. You mind, honey, if I hang with the guys on this fishing trip? You mind, honey? Whatever, do whatever you want. What did she just say? <laughs> how often, how often do we miss that? Now, you've got two choices. I'm not saying that because you know how they really feel, you need to acquiesce necessarily. I'm just saying that a lot of times communication gets lost because we see that and we ignore it. I mean, I told, you've heard me tell the story so many times. I said, when I was really addicted to golf, I would tell my wife, honey, I'm going to go golf. All I wanted to do is hear her say, yeah, I didn't care what her body language was. I do. I heard, yeah, and a lot of times she would say yes, and then he wouldn't even look at me. And I was shocked to know she said yes. No, she did not say yes. Now, if you're wise and you want to really communicate effectively, and see, a lot of people miss this because they don't really understand why, why is he upset? Why is she upset? What's wrong with them? Well, they were telling you a long time ago that there was an issue, but you never caught it. See, now you see, that's the problem with texts and emails. That's why you want to avoid it. There are sometimes you can't help, you got to text, you got to email. I get it. But if possible, we need to avoid it because a significant part of, of communicating is nonverbal. And so watch this, people. If we can learn how to address the nonverbal stuff, we're going to be much more effective in how we communicate because I'm going to really understand what's really happening even if I don't really want to understand what's really happening. Number two. I need to be an authentic communicator. Ephesians 4, 25, you can write the verse down. 
It says, therefore, putting away lying. Everybody say, put it away. Everybody say, put it away. They put it away. We're talking about lying. Let each of you speak truth. Everybody say, truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now, when I say be authentic communicators, what I'm saying is, how many know that we shouldn't say something if we know we don't really mean it? You say, we're talking about being effective communicators. So in other words, I'm not going to tell you something just to say, I said it, this is, just to get you out of my face. Come on, somebody. How many know we need to grow beyond that? Amen. See, we need to be authentic. So if I, whenever I tell you, what you see is what you get. I'm the real deal. It is what it is. And so being authentic when I communicate simply means this. That when I, uh, uh, when I tell you something, I really mean what I'm saying. And I'm not going to say something with some kind of a sarcasm when I know I didn't mean it in the first place. I'm just telling you that because I'm frustrated, I'm mad, whatever the case might be. How do you know that's not healthy? So we need to get a truth. Everybody say truth. We need to be authentic. It's better to say, you know, I'm struggling with this, and I just really, at this point in time, let's get back later and we'll talk then. It's better to do that than to tell somebody, make somebody think, or allow them to think that you're okay and that you really mean what you said when all the while, I didn't really mean that, I just said that. Why'd you say that? I just said it. Because you won't listen, so I just said it. How many know we need to be authentic? If the goal is to understand, then I need to listen so then that we can come to a better place. Can somebody say amen to that? Number three, this is a big one. But this will help us. Use soft words to defeat wrath. Everybody say soft words. Proverbs 15.1 said this, a great proverb. I love this proverb. I memorized this early in my Christian walk with the Lord. A soft answer turns away wrath. All right? But harsh words stirs up anger. All right? I mean, no, that's scripture right there, man. That's powerful. He said, so watch this. So when you feel it coming on, how many know what I'm talking about? I said, you feel it coming on. Your temperature is starting to rise. Your emotions is being tempted to go there. And you're in this moment, and time is suddenly freeze, and you have a decision to make. Should I say it or shouldn't I say it? At this moment, here's what he's saying. A soft answer turned away wrath. So in other words, if somebody is going to say something to me that's insulting or with the wrong tone, how many know the wrong tone is a bad thing? We talk about that, okay? Then, then how many know Then I need to reply? I'm not going to reply like you. See, how many know that this requires maturity? It requires your ability. Now, you say, Pastor, well, I can't just let people tell me off, so what are you going to do? Tell them off? And come to church and say, I love the Lord. And then say you're trying to reach the lost. How many know that uh, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I don't need to tell nobody off. Come on, church. We don't need to tell them. We need, we need to tell people to, look, preach the good news. Amen. Tell them that. Somewhere in all the frustration, make sure they get some good news in there. So a soft answer, watch this, has not only to do with the words that we choose, because I want to turn away wrath. So that means I'm not going to throw fire on the problem. I'll give you an example. When I was uh, in patrol, 
you know, I've been a detective some 14 years, so I haven't worked the street. I mean, I would say worked the street driving patrol cars since like 1996. So it's been a long time. God blessed me, and I got I became a detective years ago. But it was always a couple of, a couple of hot-headed cops. Some of my buddies, uh, some of my camaraderies, that we would go to, you know, certain situations. And there were certain cops that every time they showed up, every time they showed up, it's always a fight. I mean, it's like, it's like every time they showed up, man, here they come. It's like, you know, where, you know, it's just like they just, every time they came, they were ready to smash a head. And they pour fire on the situation, and they will on purpose egg people on to try to affect an arrest. Get them mad. Get them angry. I, I had just the opposite, you know, attitude. So whenever I came around, people would always say, I don't want to talk to you, I want to talk to him. Because I pride myself on being a peacemaker. So what I do is I use words that will encourage. I'm not going to try to incite you, all right? That was, I never did that. I just took a posture. Here's, here's my posture. I'm going to turn away. Right. If you're mad at me, you won't, keep, you won't stay mad because I'm using words that's dousing you or that's adding flame to it. If you're going to be crazy, be crazy by yourself. <laughs> but I'll watch you go off the hook, and then when you settle down, it's like this one guy one time, I was, I was security guard years ago at, at Waterside in Norfolk, Virginia, and this one guy, we said uh, he was trespassing, we told him he had to go, and, uh, and he didn't want to go, so he stood there like this, and he goes like this, and, uh, and so we walk up to him, to me and my partner walk up to him, I was in college, walk up to him, say, man, you got to go, he said, oh, I ain't going, he said, okay, he started doing this. And he started bouncing up and down. He said, okay. So I just kind of stood there and looked at him. I said, well, when you get through with that dog and pony show, let me know, because you're going up out of here. <laughs> and sooner or later, he piped down. And you know what? He got out of there. Now, if I would have just been like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's roll, brother. We would have been tussling. We would have run all over that. And I'm gonna, at the end, I'm going to win. Y'all know, you ever fight me, I'll fight to win. I'm just saying. I fight to win. I don't be playing around, so that's why I don't like to fight, because I fight to win. I'm crazy. All right, so in a good way. In a good way. Come on, y'all just, come on, come on back. We're going to stay serious. Act like y'all in church. All right, so uh, <laughs> a soft answer turns away wrath. That's all, that's, I mean, that's a simple principle. Your, your situation getting heated, use a soft answer. Calm people down. You, you have a calm demeanor all the time. Stay in control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Self-control. You know a person is walking in the Spirit when they can control their emotions. Show me a person that controls their emotions. I'll show you a person that is, that is in the right. They're going somewhere in God. They're going to be able to make a difference. They're going to be able to be a good leader. Bad leaders, are, are, you got a leader who has no self-control, bad leader. Terrible, 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 terrible. All right. Avoid personal, number four. Which number are we? Uh, 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 number four, avoid personal attacks. That's a big one. Colossians 4, 6 says this. Let your speech always be with grace. Season with salt. Y'all know what salt does, right? What does salt do? Preserve. And what else does it do? When you, when you put it on your chicken, what is, thank you, somebody with me on this. Salt makes things more tasteful, right? It, it awakens those buds. How I many know that we need to use tasteful speech? 
And one of the problems sometimes in our communicating with one another is that we got to be careful that it don't result in personal attacks. Well, you know, you know what a personal attack is. Let me give you an example of what's a personal attack. Let's say you're talking about an issue, and then you come off and you say, you're trifling. You're stupid. You're lazy. That might, it could be true, but you shouldn't say it. Why? Because personal attacks is no way to get the result that we want to get, right? I want to get understanding. I want to better communicate with you. I want you to understand me. I want to understand so that we can do this thing together, so that we can be effective in how we communicate, all right? So I got to stay away from personal attacks. Let, how many know we can't, we can't let it be personal? You can't let it be personal. So, so Christians, listen, let's, let's get away from this thing. Maybe you grew up in an environment, and, and I did. I'll be the first one to say, I grew up in an environment where people use words in a very, very reckless way. And there are some things I had to learn differently. You know, when you come into the kingdom, God just begins to strip away some stuff. Let it happen, people. Be, be different. Be walk in the spirit. Don't personally attack people with your words. Because, listen, the Bible says we, we bless God with the same mouth. So listen, we don't want to be cursing men. God still loves people. Even if you don't, he do. And you should try to love them even if you don't. And one of the ways we do that is I'm not going to personally attack you. Let's deal with the issue that is at hand, okay? If there's an issue, stick with the issue. Let's not go back and try to make up stuff and get into this personal. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to deal with what, 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 what happened. What do you do? How can we fix this? And how can we move forward? Amen? Uh, which number are we? Five. Uh, number five, minimize distractions. We only have seven of these. How many know we're going to be effectively communicating? We've got to minimize distractions. Now, now for me, that's, I'm, I'm a little bit ADHD in some ways. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of, the jury's out on that for me. Uh, you know, I'm not, but, but I know for me that my life, like many of you, are, are just can be really, really busy, and you can have so many things going on, and that sometimes, you know, people can talk, and how many know that if you are distracted, uh, you're not going to be able to give them your full attention, and, and it's not fair to them. Uh, you remember this story, and I don't have time to turn there, but in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, y'all know the story. Uh, Martha and, and Jesus, uh, Martha and Mary had Jesus come over to their house. Jesus loved them. He had a relationship with them. Mary, at the moment that Jesus walked in, she said, I want to hear what he's saying. So you know what she did? She sat down and she, and, and she put the mop down. I, I got to think that old Mary was helping out until Jesus showed up. See, I, I believe Mary was helping. I don't believe that Mary just, I believe that because Mary got upset because while she was working, she was sitting at Jesus' feet. She had, Martha had a problem with that. I'm sorry, Martha had a problem with that. But when Mary saw Jesus, what she did was, the minute he walked in, she stopped everything. She said, okay, I need to hear what he have to say. Because what he's going to say is very important. You know, one of the things that, that, that when you're communicating with people, you want to be effective in your communication. And when you are busy doing other things, you got the phone going on, you got this going on, you're distracted, you're not giving full, you're just telling that person that what they have to say is not important. And chances are, you're going to miss something, right? So my goal is to understand, I need to minimize the distractions, right? So I'm going to communicate. So, so what is it? And, and sometimes, and, and I'm talking specifically about issues that, are, that, that require some thought, uh, there's some, some discussion. 
that we need to be people that, you know what, I'm going to talk to you. And if you can't talk to them, if you can't give somebody your full attention over an issue that is serious, you know what you say to them? Say, try this. Just say, you know what, um, uh, I can't talk now. Why don't we talk later? Because that way I'm, I can give you my full attention, which you deserve. If you want to spend time and if you, want to, if you went out of the way to want to talk to me, then I at least should give you the respect to make sure that I hear you fully and completely. Can somebody say amen? So, so, so if I'm going to understand, then what I need to do is I need to minimize distractions, all right? I, I, need, I need to consider that. That's something that's very, very important. Um, number six, and on the seven of these, we're, we're moving. I said, I said 15 minutes. I'm almost 15 minutes. Uh, consider the timing in your communication. Consider the timing. Proverbs 25, 11. You can write this word down. It's a great word. It says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and setting of silver. In other words, a right word is as beautiful and attractive as precious metal, precious art. A word that, that is spoken in season. And so, so one of the things we need to consider is timing. Everybody say timing. Sometimes, you know, um, how many know that if you want to talk to somebody about a serious issue and they just got fired from their job, you may want to wait. You know, if somebody just suffered something like a loss or death or somebody really personal to them and you got this bubbling issue that you're just upset about and you just got to talk, you may want to pray and sit back and wait for the time. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came in the fullness of time. There's a time for everything. Now, the Bible says, go to your brother, but they don't mean that you just go to him at any, I mean, you need to consider timing. Sometimes people don't understand, people are not getting, because it's just the timing is wrong. I didn't sleep all night. I didn't, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I had a really, really long day. And how many know that we need to be honest with each other, and we need to say, you know what, we need to let a person know, you know what, today, I, I just, you know, I'm, I just had a real long day, so can we talk about this at another time where it's right? Watch, here's what's going to happen we're going to find that we're going to come to a better place. Why? Because the timing is important. So I want, to, I want to wait for the right time to share with you what I'm thinking. That's very, very, very important. And so, um, so I want us to think about that. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says this. It talks about that after we have done the will of God, then we need patience. Everybody say patience. One of the things I've learned is to just, God is never in a hurry. How many of you have ever discovered that? God is, usually God is always going a couple of steps up slower than me. I've come to realize that. And so, so many of us, we just need a little bit of patience. So if I'm going to effectively communicate, I need to consider the timing. I need to consider the place. I need to consider the atmosphere, the attitudes. I need to consider a person's emotional uh, situation at the time. And, and, and a lot of this is driven by the seriousness of the topic. So that's something that we uh, need to understand. Number seven, here's, a, here's another one that'll help us in our communicating. Um, ask questions and repeat what they said. Simple. Ask questions. If the goal is I want to understand, then, then, then a, good, a good thing to do is repeat back to a person what they said. I can tell you uh, myself, there have been many times when somebody has communicated to me, and I turn right back around and I say, so, so, let, so, let, me, so, let, so let me make sure I understand you correctly. And then I'll actually repeat it or actually summarize it. I can't tell you how many times I've been wrong. And they say to me, no, no, that's not what I meant. And, and a lot of times we don't do that. Somebody just say something, right? They say it, 
and, 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 and you know, we don't, a lot of times we, we misunderstood and the person saying, well, that's not what I meant, but you're saying that's what you said. And what you're, what you're understanding is they're just, they were at two different places. They just never connected. Uh, communication, I, I hate to use this example. Y'all know I got a puppy, Coco, right? And uh, so Coco, one of the things that the, the, the dog trainer tell us all the time, this is the best analogy I can come up with at the time. And the spirit, the spirit just gave this to me. So I'm, so I'm walking. Why are some of y'all laughing? So, so they tell me when, I, when I'm training my dog that, that they got this thing, that, that the, the important thing of training a dog is to make sure that the dog got eye contact with you. Because when I go inside the PetSmart, you know, that's like taking a, a, a kid into a candy store. You take a dog, the dog goes berserk, and they're like all over. You're saying, sit, that dog is like, ah, sit, sit, sit. Ah, ah. And, and, but, but whenever I can get that dog to look me in the eye, all right, and I can get her attention, then immediately she's setting. She's listening. Now, it's the same thing. Watch. I know, I know some of you saying, Pastor, that's a bad example. Okay, that's the best I can come up with. Judge me later. But for many of us, that's the same thing. Eye contact is very, very important when you communicate. Because what eye contact say, now some of us got good. Some of us know how to look through people. Now, you know, y'all know that ain't right. Yeah, you faking it. You act like you listen. You're looking up there, y'all ain't listening. You just look right through them. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you know, the eyes is the window to the heart. All right? So, so, so watch this. So when you make eye contact with somebody, and, and you sit down and you're able to uh, connect in that way, chances are you're going to connect a whole lot better. But if you see a person is somewhat moving around and, and distracted and, and all of that, uh, chances are um, you're probably not, 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 not getting it or they're not getting you. And so there need to be that point where you say, let me ask you, did you, did you understand? Are we on the same page? How many know that'll save all of us a lot of headaches? Amen? All right, so let's, let's read, let's go back to Ovidum. Who Who's keeping notes? All right, who's keeping notes? Who got a piece of candy? Who got a piece of candy? Give me a piece of candy. Give me a piece of candy, quick. Somebody give me a piece of candy. I got all these object lessons I'm getting from the audience today. Okay, thank you. All right, all right, so uh, I'm gonna call a name and whoever can get them all right will get a gift. I'm not gonna tell you what the gift is. <laughs> okay, are you ready? All right, Shannon, go for it. All right. Number two, keep going. You got to do them all. Uh, 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 I, I want somebody who got them all. <coughs> April. Mm-hmm. Great. Come on, give her, give her a hand clap. Good job. That's my reward to you. Congratulations. <laughs> it's annoying because it came from your daughter. Amen. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so then, listen, listen, listen to me. Here's a couple of steps we can take, and we're closing this. Um, and I'll make sure, um, Amber, to get your... Okay. Um, so what I want you to do is I want you to pray... And I want you to ask God of areas where you failed in communication. Now, this is a time where I want, this is the application part. This is the next step part of it. Um, I want you to adopt these principles. 
I'm telling you right now that if you utilize these principles, you're going to find that you're going to be so much more effective in your communication. You're going to be better relationally, better in your marriage, better in every aspect if you utilize these principles. Um, if, you, if, you, if, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, you've spoken in some careless ways and some destructive ways, you know, how many know this is a new day? One thing I love about the Lord is every day is a new day. You can't go back and change the past, you know, but you can live in the moment. And you say, Lord, I thank you, but how many know today is the day of salvation? Today is the day of deliverance. Today is a new day. Then say today I'm going to change the way I communicate if I have been a bad communicator. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. I'm going to forget the past. Everybody say forget the past. And I'm going to move forward. We're going to be better communicators. This is so important for all of us because, now watch this. Here's the big, here's the big tie. Because this has a lot to do with our ability to be able to win people over to Christ. Not only how we communicate with one another, but we understand how to communicate with people out there. These are biblical universal principles that are backed by the Holy Ghost. If we use them, we're going to be so much more effective. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, I just, um, uh, Lord, we thank you um, that uh, that you gave us um, our mouths, and, and God, you have given us instruction on how we're to use our words, Lord. Lord, some of us, Lord, we just confess, Lord, that we have uh, violated, uh, uh, Lord God, some, just some principles, Lord. We've been a little uh, rough in our speech at times. We haven't used a soft answer. Uh, at times, Lord, we've uh, been distracted, so therefore we haven't been able to communicate efficiently and well. Uh, Father God, some of us, Lord God, have resulted in personal attacks where we just use words in a very harsh way to, to, to stab at people. Well, today, God, um, we're just, uh, Lord, asking for forgiveness. Um, if that's you this morning, just right where you are, the Holy Spirit has convicted you. Uh, while the music is playing softly, um, I just want you to take a moment and uh, nobody look around. This is not about the person that's beside you. Um, this is about you and God. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, not to your neighbor, not to your husband, not to your wife. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and show you are there areas where you have compromised and you've fallen short. And then I want you to just repent, just confess it to the Lord. And if you discover that the Holy Spirit has convicted you about a person that you need to share and talk with. Maybe you've been very um, um, insulting or whatever the case might be. And uh, the Holy Spirit may just be convicting you that you need to, to turn and leave. And you need to, to start afresh by repenting today. Going to that person, maybe here, maybe outside of here. But I want you to pray and give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to help us. Let's take a moment.
Father, I believe that today, because of this word, we're wiser today. And I believe because of this word that we're going to relate better with one another. Father, so that when the harvest come, when the people come into this church that you bring into our church, people, Lord, that are looking, people who are thirsty, that, God, we will handle them with care. And we will love them, Father, with our words. We will love each other with our words. Father, thank you for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see this morning. I pray for every family. I pray for every person who is struggling, who's having difficulties. Father, in getting their point across or, or knowing how to communicate in effective ways. God, I pray you give everybody in this room wisdom, understanding, but more importantly, give all of us boldness and courage to do the right thing. Even if it means, God, that we have to humble ourselves before our brother and our sister and just be better in this area. God, we know it's for our good. We know it's for our good. Maybe you're here this morning and you have not ever surrendered your life to Christ. You've gone to church maybe. You participated in church. You've heard about the Lord. Maybe you've even grown up in church. And maybe you've been going to this church for a while. But if the truth be told, you've never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity this morning. All of Easter is about Jesus saving people who are on their way to everlasting hell and destruction where there is never any relief. Hell is not for people. It was created for the devil and his angels, the scripture says. God's love, his death on the cross, was his flagship moment when he demonstrated to the whole world that he's not willing that any perish, but all come to a knowledge of the truth. He died on that cross. He bled so that you and I can live life with him for eternity. Because the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die and then after death comes the judgment. If you're here this morning and you know in your heart and you can't say affirm with, with firmness that I know if I die today, I know if I walk out of this building, whether I died of some natural causes or some accident, I know for a fact that I will be with him in his presence. If you can't say that right now, then you can know in just a matter of moments. You can know it. You can raise your hand, and I want to pray with you, and you can receive the Lord today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I'm willing to give my life to Jesus, to know what he's about, to live for him, because I'm tired. I've been trying to do this thing on my own. I've been wrecking my life. I'm not happy. I'm not at peace. I'm troubled. I need your help. If you need Jesus to save you today, I want to give everyone in here an opportunity. Don't look to the left or to the right. Is there one who will say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to do it. I want to serve him. Is there one? 
Is there one? Is there one? Save Jesus. Save Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for being patient with us. God, we are praying that you will embolden us and empower us to be a people that truly, truly reflect the love of Christ in everything that we do. And next week, Lord, we are believing as a church together that our sowing, that our preaching, our proclaiming, our leaving cards in this 120 campaign season that we're in, that, God, we're going to reap a great harvest. I pray for every person that is seeking to fill a chair next week, that you will bless that person, Father God, not once, not twice, but seven times over. Father, you said if I be lifted up, I would draw a man into myself. So, Lord, we pray that as we lift you up, that you would do the drawing. But God, I pray that you would give us all divine appointments because, Jesus, we seek to exalt you. We pray that our Easter resurrection service will reflect all the beauty and the majesty as best we can of the great and awesome God that we serve. We want you to know that we love you and we're going to give you the best. We're going to make you famous to a people who don't know you, that they will know you, and Jesus will be glorified. We ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Why don't you stand to your feet, if you will. Amen. 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 Did you feel like you learned something this morning? Were you helped this morning? Come on, give God praise if you was. Give God praise. So, you know, you know, whenever God gives us a word, he always gives us an opportunity to... Uh, uh, um, to um, put their word to use, for lack of better words. Um, so he gives us a word, and we're accountable to that word. And I pray that, um, and I believe firmly that, um, that we're on to something beautiful. And this is all in preparation of what God is going to do. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the relationship that I have with each and every one of you. Uh, you are special, uh, not only to God, but you're special to me. Uh, I love you deeply, and I pray that your week will be exceptional. I pray that you will have a wonderful week filled with the joy of the Lord, filled with peace, filled with his grace. And I want you to go this week, go in authority. Walk in your places of influence and glorify your God. Make him famous. He deserves it. And pray for, our, pray for our service next week that we put on a great show for our God. I'm expecting a marvelous time. Are you expecting it next week? Come on, give God a praise clap if you are. Let's lift our hands to the heavens. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him be glory, dominion, power now and forevermore. 
Jesus reign, Jesus reign, Jesus reign, Jesus reign, Jesus be glorified. Lord, we magnify you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give God praise. We'll see you next week, church. Bless you.